All right, welcome to season two of The Highway. We are off-site mm-hmm. on, uh, not on the road, but at a different location. Yeah. Right? So I'm nice. trying to spice it up like it's a lot cooler than what it actually is. I know. We're, yeah, we're not at a cool location, but we're in a different location. Different location, not in the... Uh... Apparently, Matt doesn't get a karate chop. Well, I've, I've been phasing out the karate chops, okay. but I'll, I'll I may... Stop bringing I may, it up. He yeah. didn't communicate that to me. I may so fade I him know. back in. We'll see. I think a lot of people get scared when I do that, but... Wakes um, up. Yeah, so it is going to be myself, the SME, and we have a guest with us who is joining us virtually... And this is only the second virtual guest, right? Does that sound right? Uh, no, we had uh, Greg number two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so third vir- virtual guest. So mm-hmm. I think we're we're getting this down. And by we, I mean the Smees figured this out. I have I have no idea. I'm just talking into this mic yeah. as best I can. Yeah, he doesn't even know where yeah. the screen's at. So, uh, Smee, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm pr- I probably sound a little congested. But I don't know if that comes through on the mic or not, but I am definitely congested. So I'm sitting like six inches from you, so I'm now going to get sick. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't, it's that time of year where I just I lose my voice and get sick and get me sick. Yeah. Me OK, sick. that time of year. Yep. All right. So, you know what? I'll let me introduce this guest. I feel like um, I always introduce the guest. You want to change it up? OK, yeah, yeah, I'll do my best. I'm not known for my introduction skills. But... No, they're they're poor. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody, but I and I don't get really loud and weird either. So our guest today is uh, I, I think he's fine with me saying a fellow uh, data nerd. Uh, he is he came to us through. I don't know. You're we'll going to talk about, about that. that. Yeah, like, we'll yeah. talk about how we met. So you just do the intro. He is my fellow data nerd. Yeah. And your Excel, your spreadsheet partner. We bond over spreadsheeting and. We have Matt. Breathe in, breathe out, you're in the deep end. Blue skies, sun's out, you'll soon be leaving. You started the fire, but you're still breathing. We'll see you on the other side. I like how we just made you guys sound like these. Just all you do is sit at like a computer and type an Excel sheet. That's what the SME does. It's but. the reality of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Matt, thank you for joining us. Um, do you want to kind of introduce yourself uh, as much as you're comfortable with uh, saying? And we'll ask some uh, some further questions here, but kind of tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Of course. Well, thank you both for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. It's a great podcast. Let the record show. I am happy to go on the record and say that. But <laughs> my name is Matt. I am a forensic toxicologist. So, I have a lot of overlap with probably a lot of this listening audience in the law enforcement side of things, but uh, I'm in Michigan, thus the virtual uh, joining from Michigan, not Missouri. Uh, but I've been a forensic toxicologist for close to 10 years now. Before I was in Michigan, I lived in Washington, D.C., where I worked with the medical examiner's office. So we did a lot of DUI work uh, with federal entities like the FBI, the CIA, the Secret Service, the Park Police. So. Now I'm in a, a small private lab in Michigan where we're not doing as much DUI work, but Ryan and I will probably get into how we've overlapped and why I'm sitting here getting to talk to you all today. Awesome. Awesome. And so when you were in, so now you're in private industry, but at one point you worked and, and how long were you in the government side of it? Yeah. So I was, to be clear, the municipal government. So when people municipal, think yeah. DC, they think they, they think the Fed, but I was municipal, just the DC government. I was there for about five years and five that's sort of where I, where I cut my teeth on the forensic talk side of things. Okay. All right, cool. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I guess we would tell the story how we met real quick. Or did you have any follow-up questions? Smee's giving me a look here. No, yeah. I I mean, I think it, I personally would love to have an entire podcast about going from government work to the private industry, but that's that's another time. <laughs> well, I think we'll get there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's for another day. Uh, but I'm actually writing that down. That's one of my topics to get to. <laughs> okay. Because that's a, you know how I feel about that. I know how you feel, yeah. Um, but um, so I'm going to tell the story how I remember it. Yeah, I want to hear uh, both versions because I want to compare notes so, and see what actually actually happened because i um so it was san antonio does that sound right matt yeah san antonio 2022 okay. yeah that's right so let's see i think i did a, a presentation on uh marijuana and then at the end i am yeah, looking at yeah. like she knows and then i think matt you'd walked up to me and basically handed me a card you just put it in your like shirt pocket yeah no i'm pretty <laughs> sure he just like hands me a card and he's like hey we'll be in touch does that kind of sound right I, I think I've uh I can fill in more details. I okay. I pretty... <laughs> um, no, it was raining. We were sharing the same umbrella. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was it was yeah IDTS twenty twenty two San Antonio, and I've known about Green Labs for a while because when I was in DC, we had some I had some colleagues who were under DUI grants. They were funded through DUI funding, I guess from NHTSA or something, and they went to a Green Lab. I would say probably one of the first Green Labs in the country, um, in like twenty seventeen. Um a woman that we've also collaborated with besides you, Ryan, she runs that out of Maryland. So that yep. was one of the first ones that I'd learned about. Um, but I didn't think anything at the time, but I've known about them. And then when I saw you talking about all this interesting stuff with cannabis and your green lab stuff, I'm like, Oh, I've, I've got to talk to Ryan, this guy, Ryan. So I was sitting, it was, it was a packed event. I mean, it was standing room only for that talk. You were talking about, I think just the different formulations of cannabis. I remember you didn't even have anywhere near the amount of time you needed to get through your slide deck. But I think the only thing I really remember from the presentation was with how you talked about like you did one of those, you got like a, like a curling iron or a hair flattener so you can make the wax or something <laughs> you're doing at home. And then you decided you want to like vape honey and you got violently ill <laughs> in case they costed you for like smoking honey and like <laughs> vomiting. So I'm like, okay, this guy's a serious scientist here. Um, <laughs> So yes, I remember afterwards you had probably a crowd of people outside talking to me. It was like, okay, I got to just give him a business card and say we'd love to do some oral fluid collections at the Green Labs. Uh, and you gave us the time of day. So we appreciate it. And here we are. Well, I always love like hearing um, like people tell that story because I'm like, to myself, I'm going, God, I'm an idiot. Like I tell these stories and I'm thinking- <laughs> I don't know that anybody's drawing different- Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm always like, how do people- like take me serious sometimes. I mean, I'm glad that y'all do, right? I mean, clearly that's uh, I'm glad. But every once in a while, I'm sitting back and I'm like, I was a grown man hitting honey and then telling people about it. That just seems <laughs> even every once in a while, I think that seems weird. <laughs> and I'm a pretty weird dude, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I remember that. It, so like um, a lot of times, I get like business cards and stuff afterwards. But Matt, you hit me up. I want to say, man, it was pretty quick and. It was one of those where um, I really wasn't, I don't want to say expecting a response, but a lot of people say, hey, I'll you know, hit you up, whatever. And you may, you may get one out of 10 uh, people respond. But yeah, you reached out really quick and uh, I'm extremely glad that you did because I had no idea uh, our relationship would go to- Blossom uh, as, it, as it did. Yeah, Blossom. There you go. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, to, where, to where it is now. Um, so let's see. You guys have, let me make sure I'm not jumping around on the agenda here. I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to, that Smee's got. Um, so the next item, next kind of thing that Smee wants me to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we don't have to go in this order. I just was brainstorming topics that you guys yeah. um, could talk. And I thought that our audience would be interested in. So I think 
So yes, he reached out. Like when did he when he reached out? What did he say? Just like hey, uh, yeah, I think it was like hey, pull up the email. I have no doubt y'all still have the email. Yeah, I think it was like hey, uh, hey, bro, amigo, yeah, something like that. Sounds and I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? Like and we just chit chatted. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, I want to give a real quick shout out to uh, to Jamie Derbyshire because she does the Green Labs too, and I don't want to you know look like I'm the only one that does those. And uh, she's really. Uh, playing a big part in the whole green labs and, you know, advancing uh, detection of marijuana impairments. So I wanted to give her that shout out too, uh, real quick, because she does really good work. Um, but yeah, so Matt reached out and then I think we just started chit chatting about uh, the labs and oral weed. fluid testing. Yeah. Weed. Yeah. It's a typical conversation with a stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just be a, <laughs> be a company email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be a company email. It's actually yeah. encouraged here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, for, so from my perspective here in Missouri, we're not real familiar with oral fluid as Matt is, you know, finding out. Uh, we do have that written into our statute that we can use oral fluid as one of our chemical tests, but we never have. And I think that's because the state level or at, uh, at the state lab, sorry, have not really uh, embraced that at all. So um, from my recollection, Matt, you kind of reached out. We started talking about oral fluid collection and um, maybe even kind of the green labs. And then... I think the first thing is y'all came to a green lab. Isn't that right? Is that the first? Yeah, we, we met you guys in Connecticut, I think, for the first time. Oh, shoot. Right? That's right. Is that and I, will I say, didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, I was and, late to the to, to this party. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, you were there, Kayla. You were there in Connecticut. I know, but I didn't know if you guys had like oh. met like up since then. Oh, I guess it would have been the conference. It would have been IDTS. Yeah. yeah. But uh, funny enough, the reason I picked my walk-up song, even though you're not having it right now, is because when Josh and I were going back to the hotel that night in Connecticut, the song playing on the hotel lobby was a small town band here in Michigan that we both go to concerts to see together. So like Josh and I go see that band all the time. I'm like, what the, like, what is this? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is like a Michigan band in Connecticut. I'm like, oh, okay. So like first time we met Ryan and Kayla. So now you guys have like a little piece of sentiment associated with that song. Oh, ironically. nice. So when you sent that song this morning, I started looking it up in the gym and it, it took me a minute to find it for sure. And yeah. <clears throat> And I always wondered, I'm like, I wonder what kind of music he listens to. So then I, once I click it and started listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Like, yeah. It Distracts. was just like, it was Distracts. perfect. All yeah. right. All yeah. right. So yeah, I'm they wide, came. A wide variety. Yeah. So um, he came to Connecticut to, to the first green and wet lab. That was a lot of firsts happening there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was the first wet, or sorry, green lab we've done out of state. Right. Yeah. And then the first lab where we had <laughs> where we had people drinking uh smoking cannabis and drinking and smoking cannabis so we had like three different options there and uh so kind of a, a kind of a quick backstory to that is we the largest green lab we had done participant wise was what seven or eight so consumers uh yeah i mean probably not i guess i think there's nine. nine maybe okay. yeah well on this one uh me and i were prepared for about nine probably max yeah. max 10 and mm -hmm. next thing we know it was 24 does that sound right i think 18 18 yeah. in each category so okay each category. okay maybe that's right yeah so uh with two of us mm -hmm. and um i'm gonna give <laughs> matt and them credit because these guys just start throwing <laughs> literally tomahawk and swabs across the room into people's mouths yeah. and collecting them um and you guys were just such a huge help with that. And that was probably the first time I went, wow, these guys are legit because you guys just hopped right in and uh, really took a lot of pressure off of us. Yeah. And I think it, it was it was 
one of those things where sometimes you never know what you're going to get in terms of um, people that are attending. Like some people are like, I'm here for just my job and yeah. my job alone. Um, but you guys are very much like, you know, all hands on deck, um, helping uh, all the all the collections and making sure we got everybody served. I was bartending, so <laughs> um, it, that was helpful. Like I said, because it was it was more of an undertaking that we thought it was going to be initially, but I think it ran pretty smoothly and stuff. And we didn't have our we didn't have our typical uh, team of instructors with us either. So that yeah. was when we were that would be our next option to lean on in terms of helping it go smoothly and they weren't there. So you guys really just stepped up and f- filled that gap yeah. for us. I mean, of all the green labs that we've attended, I mean, I've only, that was the second one I'd ever attended. Cause actually like a month prior, we went to Maryland to see Jamie for the first one. That was, that was crazy. We were just learning what the heck was going on, but for you guys or Connecticut, for whatever reason, that was the most efficient and smoothest one we've had. I don't know what it was. Maybe the people in Connecticut stepped up all the ones that we've done with you, like Joplin and Jeff city have also been really great, really smooth. But for whatever reason, that Connecticut one, everything went off without a hitch. So it was a great, uh, it set a good precedent for all the future ones we've done with you. Yeah, I think that was the first one where we did oral fluid, right? We actually did the collection. Yeah, that was, well, we had we had done oral fluid collection in St. Joe, but we were trying to collect that yeah. as well. And imagine idiots like myself who dab honey trying to collect oral fluid on time. Yeah. It wasn't working. I think that my, I mean, I think coming from healthcare, my background helped a little bit because I, I uh, could help with that process a bit of collection. But I think Connecticut ran so smooth because we did have a middle guy that took care of all the food and all of the like that stuff, because that's typically what I do in green labs to make sure everyone's getting fed and making sure that um, just the overall logistics are running well. And I'm not able to help Ryan, um, but I had to help Ryan on that one because there's a lot of, there's a lot of consumers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so kudos to you, you and your team, Matt, because I remember one time I looked over and I don't remember who it was now, maybe even Josh, was like taking out the trash. I'm like, yeah, I mean, probably. Dave, I mean, probably. Yeah, yeah. Dave, yeah, maybe Dave. That was just so big to me because I'm thinking, man, these guys are willing to just whatever it takes to make this thing, thing successful. And I just really appreciate that. Um, so I want to kind of walk, uh, uh, so for the, the listening audience, because again, a lot of us are from Missouri that listen to it. There's a uh, several other states and I guess other countries, but so walk us through, let's just go to the green lab where, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you guys collect, oh my gosh, like how many samples are you collecting per green lab? I, I feel like the last one and Jeff was like 60 something or 80 something. That's how I guess it would have been, we try to do like a time course collection. So we're trying to collect at set mm-hmm. time points after each person's consumed. So I think we try to do six collections per consumer. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think you get, you're on 30 minute intervals. Is that correct? Yeah, it depends. I mean, I think in Jeff City, when they were doing out, when they did edibles, I think we expanded it, extended out like an hour, maybe. I think okay. we did like okay. an hour between each one, maybe. We did six collections. Yeah. Like okay. An hour each. So I guess let's, well, I mean, take it back further. So um, when y'all are coming to the Green Labs, just walk us through what you guys are doing and then what your purpose is in, um, I mean, I'm not even going to say just assisting, like y'all have been just a huge part of even putting those on. So kind of give us your thoughts on the collection process and then what happens after you guys collect these 60 tests and then you're headed back to Michigan in 30 minutes afterwards. Yeah, of course. So when we're coming to your green labs, we're interested in trying to see what does the concentration of THC, I would just say THC because that's what we're measuring, 
in oral fluid in oral fluid look like over time. So there is good research on this from like, you know, federally funded NIH supported studies. But a lot of those big, really well-reviewed clinical studies that have been done, it's like they're smoking like a, a 3% joint or a 5% joint or a 12% joint. Like there's very strict limitations on what you can do research on with cannabis because it's a schedule one drug. So in our case, we're doing like, I wouldn't, I mean, I call it like pseudo research. I'd probably just call it data collection. That's the data nerd that Kayla and I share because we can't really do much with that data. Like that would be meaningful from a publication perspective, but we're looking to see like, okay, these people are smoking like vapes or dabs or doing edibles. And like, there's no data on like there's no really good data about that out there. So if you have someone who's coming in and smoking a joint, what does their oral fluid concentration look like at set time points over time? Is it going up? Is it going down? How can that inform us from a DUI perspective? Because I don't know what percentage of DUIs when you have someone who's smoked, how recently they smoked or are they still smoking when you pull them over? I mean, I've already read plenty of DUI reports where like they see like the, the, the blunt in the ashtray still smoking. Like you can reasonably assume they just smoked. So is that going to be able to inform you as officers with anything regarding did they use recently or not? And then what does that concentration mean relative to your like do you, do your uh, SFSTs or anything in the DRE process? Like, can that also inform you or can they be corroborated or uh, like, um, yeah, corroborated to each other? So that's sort of what we're trying to figure out from like, I would say the data collection, collection perspective. That is sort of my key interest. Now, coming from a private company, we, of course, in an oral fluid company, we, of course, want to push oral fluid as a matrix of choice. And it's we're not the only people doing that. You know, there's plenty of states that use oral fluid at the state level. So we want to inform and educate on oral fluid as a good testing matrix for DUI casework, which certain states already do, like Alabama, who's probably one of the closest one for you all who does it. Okay. So on that, <clears throat> talking about wanting to kind of obviously push oral fluid, um, you, you all have single-handedly swayed me into an oral fluid believer, uh, probably because of the process and how seamless y'all make it. So coming from a law enforcement perspective, you know, I arrest someone who is under the influence of you know, any drug, right? We don't have to say cannabis, but any sort of drug, uh, you know, now I have to get consent from that person, get them to a hospital. And the hospitals are becoming more and more resistant to helping us collect those chemical tests. Uh, and, you know, not to get real specific, but there's even some where law enforcement will show up with a search warrant. So for that individual's blood, and now they are not either A, not drawing it, or B, not even letting us to the uh, patient's room or the suspect's room really at that point. So we're have we're really struggling with even getting a chemical test. So that's a pain in itself. But um, you know, so then once we collect the blood, now we have you know obviously this chain of custody. We have to uh, certain things we have to do with the blood, then get it in evidence, then get it to our lab and get it tested. But with oral fluid, though I haven't used it in an evidentiary uh, setting yet, um, I I have seen you guys collect sixty plus samples of oral fluid in two hours and not even break a sweat. So again, from a law enforcement side, I can't think of a reason we wouldn't do that because it's just so easy. Uh, so I guess my question kind of setting up, so what is, if you had to say a major benefit to oral fluid testing, what would be the major benefit in your mind? Mine is simplicity. It's so easy and fast. 
I would say that that's a very common one. You know, a lot of people like it because of this, the ease and convenience of it. Also, without the, the minimal invasion, I think is probably one of the key aspects for someone in law enforcement. You know, like you're talking about someone's civil, liter civil liberties or an invasion of their privacy, so to speak. So drawing blood, that has its hiccups. And I've heard the same stories where officers are not able to draw blood because of, you know, a warrant uh, issue or not being, uh, they're not able to serve their warrant. Or even just things like, you know, maybe they don't like they have deep veins and you can't like draw blood. Like, I mean, Kayla, you come from the healthcare system. That's not an issue with just law enforcement DUIs. That's an issue with just patient care. You know, yeah. so oral fluid has applications outside of just DUI. Yeah. Like I said, even just from a private citizen's standpoint, like the invasive <laughs> level and being familiar with blood draws and sometimes how, and especially if this at this point, the patient is uh, suspected to be under the influence of something, um, they're not going to be they're not going to be compliant and, and probably super easy to get a draw on anyway. So it's just, yeah, it just seems like, just seems like from both the healthcare perspective and the private citizen perspective, it would be the less invasive, less risky um, option to cause minimal harm to the, to the person, yeah. the, to the individual. Suspect. Yeah. We can say yeah. suspect. Okay. Well, sorry. I went patient because it's my background, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Uh, let me say this. To the... Suspect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I forget what industry you have said for a second. Uh, or some hospitals want us to call them. What is it? Freedom impaired. Yeah, this is no, this is, you're not going to believe this. Some hospitals freedom don't. Want, in, freedom impaired? Freedom impaired. So instead of like a suspect or mm -hmm. like my arrestee or prisoner, they want us to refer to them as freedom impaired, which let me say this real quick. I'm not doing that. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, that's a legit, that is a legit term when, and organizations I've, I've worked at. Yeah. And <laughs> organizations I've worked at, that, especially where we served like federal uh, prison patients. Um, Suspects. <laughs> I'll say it. Suspects. Um, they were, uh, that was their status in the electronic health record was freedom impaired. That's how you knew they were a prisoner of freedom impaired. The system. What are we doing here? Anyway. I've never heard of that before. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll add it to my vernacular. I yeah, coming we'll to say around Ryan. Matt, yeah. yeah, Matt, please don't add that to your vernacular, please, for the love <laughs> of God. Hey, hey, know your email. enemies as well as you know your friends. <laughs> there you Ryan. go. All right, that's true. Uh, no, okay. but to, to succinctly answer, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. I think ease of collection is the main draw to oral fluid. Okay, a lure to it. Yeah, and I, I again, I think so too because I just picture us, you know, time in the jail with somebody that's freedom impaired in a jail where they're not allowed to leave and they're in custody. Did you just say freedom impaired? Like yeah, that was sarcasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the people that we arrested are freedom impaired. Um, you know, we're spending just booking them in and paperwork. We're probably spending if you're if you're quick, right? So I'm talking in and out because a lot of your DWI guys want to get right back out there. So we're spending probably a minimum ten to fifteen minutes with them, and so for oral fluid, we could just be collecting that while we're doing the required paperwork that we have. And we're not dealing with blood kits. We're not dealing with now we've got to get a medical, per, uh, you know, medical personnel to draw it. So for me, it's just so simple. And well, I will say full disclosure, I, I'm always an advocate for blood. You know, blood is still the gold standard as far as like, you know, impairment. But if you can't draw blood, definitely get oral fluid or do both. Like Alabama does both. And I like that the most of all the different places I've heard that do it. So both they, so every time they do a, or I shouldn't say every time, but when they're doing chemical testing for drugs, they're doing oral fluid and blood. They're definitely trying both. Yeah. I think they get the oral fluid on the roadway or as close to the time of the incident as possible. Mm. And then they do blood back at the station. Okay. Now, New York, New York is a state that has a tremendous issue with warrants as well. I think, I think I, this is not, this is me speaking, maybe not from my knowledge about the state, but from what I've heard, like, I mean, they're a very liberal state 
and they put the civil liberties of their citizens very high up to the point that it is very difficult to get a warrant to draw blood, like hours before you can get a blood draw. Oh, wow. So they've just decided we're going to do oral fluid for anything that's like a misdemeanor. Like if it's a, a vehicular homicide, <laughs> yeah, they're going to get that blood, but they're still going to just do oral fluid because they're having so many issues with just getting consent and you don't need the consent for the oral fluid. So it's all about knowing when to apply because they would love to use blood. They still think blood's the gold standard, which I would say, yes, it is. Sure. Oral fluid is a great matrix <clears throat> as a backup. Alabama does both and it gives them a lot more credence to their testing. I think they have one of the best programs when it comes to their DUI program because of that. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> obviously I have never worked in New York. Our issue is we, as far as getting a warrant, uh, I think Missouri, of course I'm biased towards us. We, we can get a warrant for somebody's blood in probably less than anywhere from five to 10 minutes. If you already have that process in place, which a lot of the counties do, I think in green County that where I worked, uh we were getting them in yeah five to ten minutes oh, wow. and, and um, telephone uh yeah so all electronic okay. and uh so, so the very first time i did a, a felony warrant search warrant in my old county which was lawrence county uh the very first time we got it in 14 minutes so that was of course we had a process set up right so yeah our big thing isn't necessarily getting the warrant it is getting someone to draw the blood even though you know, this person's not fighting. They're just saying, oh, you don't have my consent. Well, of course, at that point, it really doesn't matter because we've got that search warrant. So that's kind of our big hurdle here that we're we're struggling with. So what is, I guess, what is the process then? At what point does it become obstruction then if they're not letting you, you know, or is it just like, we don't want to go there because then vibes will be off? You know, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, she's, she's right. And so like, yeah, there, at some point you're like, hey, listen, you, you know, a judge has signed this saying you're going to do this. <laughs> and, you know, you hear a lot of these, uh, these guys, like, well, I'll, I'll just arrest the nurse. Here's the thing. I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. I would just probably wouldn't do that. Now, of course, everything's like circumstantial, right? So if it is a uh, fatality and I have dead bodies involved, I'm getting that blood. You know what I'm saying? If I have a search warrant. So misdemeanor search warrant, I'm proud. I would not be doing that. So yeah. Where do you cross the line of, uh, I'm going to start arresting people for not doing this versus let's just call it a refusal and move on. Yeah. In I DC, mean, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. In DC, cause we had a lot of stuff with the hospitals. We wouldn't, we would just, uh, I mean, it wasn't like me, the toxicologist, the toxicology division, but like the officers would just subpoena or get a warrant for the blood that was collected by the hospital after the fact not really the same, but they're usually drawing. Kayla, you can probably speak better to this. Aren't they usually collecting a, in a serum top or serum separator tube? Or oh, something? yeah. So they're going to collect you know? it. Yeah. They're going to collect it either way if they come in. Yeah. So it's like, but, usually I think we, I think that's how we did it. We just went and grabbed it there and it was after the fact. Yeah. So we, I mean, I'm not going to say we, we never do that. Uh, we, we kind of run into some hurdles every once in a while um, with that. But, uh, you know, so for, from my perspective, oral fluid would just be so much easier to, um, you know, have them, you know, put the swab in their mouth. So I, and I know I kind of went the long way around this. I said, we're with them for about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk about how long it would take to collect even, even somebody that's like has a narcotic on. So they have, uh, you know, very dry mouth and stuff. Like how does that work with the oral fluid collection, like time-wise and stuff? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. I mean, the manufacturers who make these devices, um, I won't say them, I guess, just because they're a big 
corporation and I don't know what, I mean, if I can say, I'm trying to say their name, I'm not going to, but um, <laughs> they recommend like a 10 minute waiting period. You know, like when you're okay. like, if you're talking to them, make sure their mouth is clear of anything. I usually like say, drink some water first and then you wait 10 minutes. Then you pop the paddle in your mouth. Then their mouth is where I would say the paddle. Um, and I would say like for me, I collect and I can produce like a milliliter or CC of saliva in about, I'd say like three minutes. Okay. You know? I'd say like it just depends from individual to individual, especially depending on the drugs you have on board. Like opiates going to dry your mouth out. THC might dry your mouth out. Um, in Alabama, what they actually have people do is they have them put the pad in their mouth. And actually, the officers don't let the 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 freedom impaired individual <laughs> <laughs> suspect. Excuse me, right? Yeah. The monitor yeah. right now. I'm triggered. Um, I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah. The uh, they don't let the 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 person put the touch the pad or touch okay. anything. They have gloves on. They do it the whole time. Now, when we say, like, we just say, oh, have the, them do it. Like, that, they, they can't say that they didn't do the collection. You don't want to contaminate it. Two to ten minutes just depends. Depends on the drugs. In Alabama, they put that off their puts in their mouth. They actually have them kind of look down a little bit so the gravity helps pull it out. But these devices collect about a milliliter of saliva, and then you put it into a buffer, a stabilizing buffer, and you cap it. And then it's stable. I think the manufacturer says like up to 30 days at room temperature. But by then you should have it in a fridge or get it to a lab where can, they can refrigerate it and test it pretty promptly. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of walk through this process because I'm I'm kind of going off questions that I get a lot when I start talking about oral fluid and I'm just not mm -hmm. well versed in it. Um, so let's rewind just a little bit. So <clears throat> once we get in the jail, what's what, if any, is like your recommended observation period prior to collecting an oral fluid sample? Well, I guess you're talking about you're, when you're in the jail, you're saying at this point? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, with breath or something, we, you know, our, we do the 15 minute, make sure they didn't put anything in their mouth, any sort of mm -hmm. uh, oral intake or vomit. Is there one with oral fluid collection? Like, hey, make sure they don't drink water in 10 minutes or for the first 10 minutes or? I would say, yeah. I mean, like it's just the same with breath alcohol. I think in DC, we had a 20 minute waiting period, actually. But like you could have a drink of water, but then that's when the 20 minutes starts. And if anything happens in that 20 minute period, like putting something in their mouth, you got to restart it. It's okay. recommended to do 10 uh, just by the manufacturers. So you could go with like what they're saying, but really you could establish any policy you want. You okay. Know? Gotcha. So that, that's pretty on par with what we do with breath right now. We have a 15 minute and yeah. if they break it, so if they smoke, vomit, any oral intake, we have to start that 15 minutes over. So it sounds like it's, e it is easy because you are, there's already a process in place for breath alcohol. Yeah. You know, just follow that same mantra. Okay. Easy. So, all right, so we get the, uh, somebody gets the oral fluid collected and they've put it in the, uh, I guess I'll say the mailer, they've secured it and then sent it to y'all. Yeah, uh, which on another unrelated note, the, the amount of information that you guys do require is very, uh, yeah, it's very user-friendly from a perspective of needing to collect patient, suspect, whatever data. Uh, it's, it is very to the point straight and it's not redundant, it, just to add that. It's so easy. A cop can do it. Is that a new slogan? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying cops will know what I'm talking about. It's so easy. We can do it. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw the form and I was like, are, are we sure? Like, okay, you, I mean, like I got all the patient identifiers on there, but like, you don't need anything else. And I was, so I was, it was pleasantly surprised again from somebody who has experience filling out patient related forms. It was yeah, very, it's not, there's no HIPAA with this luckily. So it's yes. nothing like that. Yes, but I mean, was, I will say I, I I come from like the Z chain of custody. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan? Where you go like top, like right to left, right to mm -hmm. left on the paperwork. You like top row, then down. Like, kind of like a Z, they call it. Yes. I don't know if our, I don't know how ours holds up in the context of DUI chain of custody. Because we testify 
a few times a week. We get hundreds of subpoena a year, you know, and everything holds up, but it's not usually like the evidence submission that they're challenging, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Every state's different too, but yeah, we have a pretty easy chain of custody. So on that, this is before my time, but we actually used to mail in blood samples uh, yeah. to our labs. So instead of just us transferring or this was, this is what was said to me by someone who's, who's been here a lot longer um, because that was the question, well, what about chain of custody if you're mailing it? And this person said, well, we used to mail blood samples and never had a problem. So, I mean, I think that's a really good thing that, uh, you know, obviously there'd probably be on the back end, some sort of inspection, the package hasn't been tampered with or, or opened yeah. or, or whatever, but um, yeah, I don't really see that being a, a problem. And of course, is it going to be challenged? Yeah. I mean, I would obviously challenge that, uh, but uh, I don't see any problems with it. I think that, and just from what I remember from your guys' process, that is part of their quality assurances that they do document any type of... So yeah, that's my next question yeah. is, is once we send it off, we get it in the package and get it to y'all, walk us through, or we've seen it, you guys were nice enough to invite us in there, but walk us through what happens once y'all get the uh, oral fluid sample. Perfect. Yeah, this is just like testifying for all the attorneys. You know, like, this, is, this, is, this is literally part of the spiel. Like, they, like we say, here's what happens when it comes in the door. Uh, hey, we, we, we could have had our uh, attorney friend on as well. We could have just done a whole show. <laughs> yeah, whole, uh, court, yeah. Right? Well, you guys should have invited Josh. Josh is our attorney. So oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You should you should have like sparring attorneys. Like you should have oh, spar, have hey, like a mock trial. You just gave us an idea. We're in. Yeah. Yeah, I heard I heard your podcast where you were like, Judge Ryan, this is the courtroom of Ryan or something. I'm like, okay, here we are. No, but to answer your question. So we use we use UPS as our courier. So everything comes in in sealed UPS transport bags. All the actual oral fluid samples themselves come in their own individually sealed tamper-proof bags. So you, of course, have seen them. They're little specimen bags that have a, a little seal, uh, like a little like a sticky adhesive. And you can't open it unless you tear a little perforated line. So that's where the actual sample's in with the chain of custody. That is all put into a UPS sealed transport bag. There are really three levels of chain of custody. You have the sealed transport bag, which we, of course, verify hasn't been tampered with or broken or isn't like it is sealed. We then open that up. We then look at every single individual sample in its tamper-proof bag, and we open those up. And then the samples themselves have a seal over the top, like a sticker or a little label over the top that is also sealed. And then we're matching that to the chain of custody. So right there, you have three levels of chain of custody. And if you've done your job on the back end before you drop it in the mail, nothing's broken in the chain of custody. Okay. So easy cheesy. Yeah. So all right, you guys get the um, you guys get the oral fluid sample. And again, I was just impressed at how like fast this is going. And so once you get the sample, the most impressive thing, which I've been very impressed so far, but the most impressive thing is how quickly y'all get your uh, results out. I mean, it's ridiculous. So at the yeah, same time, yeah, it's impressive from a a healthcare perspective as well too. Like from a results pending yeah, perspective, it, it blows me out of the water working in government. Mm -hmm. But even like private industry, I think their yeah. heads spin on how fast yeah. this this stuff comes back. So, uh, so walk us through this. You get it. Uh, it's time to test it. Um, you know, you guys are. Uh, well, I guess we'll, I'll just let you say it, the testing process and how you guys are so quick and accurate. Yeah, well, I will say, like, coming from a government lab as well, I was used to a different cadence to the workflow. You know, you, we also didn't get the type of volume of testing that we did. Like, if we got DUIs, we got maybe, like, six a week. But in this case, we're getting, you know, anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 samples a day. And in our company, we mandate a 24-hour turnaround time. And a lot of labs, especially well-funded labs, like, coming from, like, the big cities, and I came from a big city, they're trying to move to automation where you're not having humans perform 
the preparatory work necessary to test your samples, you're having automation do it, like some sort of automated instrument do it. Uh, we don't do that here. So it's all manual. We have um, a screening team. So if you're talking about any sort of testing, you want to have a screen and then a confirmation test. This is probably familiar to all the DUI work that's uh, done in Missouri and other states. So you basically do a screening test to look for just broad classes of drugs or like, you know, different categories of drugs. We use a little screening technique. I won't get too scientifically technical about it, but we screen everything. That whole process, like when we get, if we get a thousand samples from the time that we get them in the door, which is usually around like 8.30, they've all been screened by like 1 p.m. So we know what is positive and needs more testing in the confirmation lab, or we know what's negative. If it's negative, you'll get a negative report. It'll just come out to you, like usually for an electronic system that we mail or just like email to you. Um, the confirmation testing, that's a little more preparatory work. We have to basically separate the drugs from the oral fluid, very similar to blood. I mean, I think oral fluids like new to some people. We've had defense attorneys say like, how do I know that if I don't just like lick my shoe and I say this is cocaine. Like, how's that any different than oral fluid? I'm like, well, it's very different than oral fluid, sir. Let me let me clarify. Um, but it's just it's the same as blood. Like the same type of work we're doing to blood to find drugs. We're doing the exact same thing to oral fluid. We're using the exact same instrumentation. Um, and you know, this is a small private company. Like, we're not like a huge, like we're not like a big Quest Diagnostics or LabCorp. These huge companies. It, that's like turning an airship, like an aircraft carrier overnight. Like we're just like a nimble little craft that can really pivot and move quickly. And we have a very committed staff. So we work good shifts where people are always efficient with their time and we mandate that turnaround time. So we just know how to be efficient with our time and stuff. So it's like a lot of Lean Six Sigma that a lot of our leadership staff has implemented, which I think always gets the SME. I've been saying your name. Sorry, oh, SME. Uh, up to, up to SME. Yeah. yeah. Edit SME over everything. Yeah. No, yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt, could you just say SME? Yeah. Really like, really plain. I don't know where my <laughs> microphone is, but SME. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that does get me, that, that type of stuff gets me excited. But yes, I, I will not. I won't nerd out. It's yeah. fine. I'm, gov I'm government. So as long as it's not on fire, or heck, even if it is on fire half the time, I'm like, I'm good with this. Yeah, the government is real concerned about the consumer uh, <laughs> satisfaction. So they're really worried about efficiency on their end. But yes, but I, I appreciate, I appreciated that piece of your guys's, of your tour. That's why I had so many questions about your mass specs and how many you had and just like the, op, you know, the downtime and the preventative maintenance. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> Again, I don't know when we're segueing into the private industry versus government or even well, you better be healthcare. careful, Smear. They're gonna try to hire you up here. You I ask know. those types of questions, you get hired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so what's funny is like we went up there, went on a tour. And again, I thank you guys for having us. You guys were awesome. So y'all are like talking about, yeah, lean six sigma, black belts, karate's karate chops, <laughs> uh -huh. all that stuff. And I'm like doing the mm, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like nodding along, like I had any idea what's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, every once in a while I would just slip in like a drug. I'm like, mm. So Kratom, huh? That's wild stuff, ain't it? Like, no, I just... will say, I told, <laughs> I looked at the SME and said, Ryan's getting the full, the full dose over here. She's like, he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, hey man, you just gotta fake it, right? I'm like, I mean, I, I do find that stuff interesting. So for me, it's like a threshold. I understand until I get to a certain point, and then I just know that I can no longer keep up with it. So that's uh -huh. when I start. Wow, yeah, okay, okay. But it, I was very impressed because y'all had. Uh, God, those instruments help me mass out. Specs. Yeah, mass specs. How many did you, how many do you have? Did you, you didn't say, did you? Sixteen. I think that's yeah, a. Pete. I think we have. Yep, yep. That's what Pete said. I think we might have seventeen. That's <laughs> seventeenth on the way. So, oh, yeah. Wow. See, because that's what happens when you you never mind. You oh. value the customer. You yeah. you pay the price to make sure that yeah. they're 
What also sure. helps too, because like our owner, like she started this company by herself, like beholden mm -hmm. to no stakeholders, no big corporate entities. Like she makes the shot, she calls the shot. Yeah. And she's always been very patient or very like customer focused. And you know, like her sort of mantra is like serve and sustain, you know, serve our clientele and then sustain. And we call like, we, we call ourselves her flock. You know, she sustains us. You know, she wants to make sure people are employed. She wants them to do good, good quality science. And she wants to like have partnerships. You know, we work very closely with the healthcare system very closely with the court system, like probation, child protective services. But she also comes, she's a forensic toxicologist. We both have that passion for the DUI side of things, which is, yeah. I think, why we've been so eager to work with you too. Yeah, and I think, like I said, just coming from healthcare, I, I can appreciate the cost of those mass specs. They are not cheap um, instruments to not only buy, but to maintain. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, that was what wowed me, was just seeing your mass spec room uh, was just very, very impressive. So coming from government, uh, I am impressed with, well, yeah, not all the or the big instruments, of course, uh, but how y'all treat each other. I mean, you know, again, I don't know if I want to say her name or whatever, but y'all's owner is just super nice and down to earth. And I don't think if if nobody had told me, I wouldn't have known that she was like the top dog because that's that's like how she is. She just kind of blends in with everybody. So y'all's work culture uh, at least that I've seen, I am completely jealous of what you guys get to do every day. And then the environment that you get to do it in. I mean, everybody there was like happy. Yeah. Ryan said that if you guys ever needed a DWI cop. Then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys ever need a DWI cop, I'm your freaking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, I'm not sure what, what I would do. do. I can nod and say a drug every once in a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Hey, you just, hey, you, oh God, the lights went off. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm going to explain what's happening right here. Matt has walked off because got, he was just in the dark. There's like there a motion no sensor, maybe or something. Yeah, I got a Facebook for radio, so it didn't hurt. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things, uh, though, where we worked very closely with the Michigan State Police, and she like got really close with a lot of these police officers. Like, whenever you like are retired, you reach out to me, and I'll hire you as a contractor. So you know, keep your eyes open, yeah, Ryan. If you, you want to be a, a ten ninety nine from Missouri, yeah, a liaison <laughs> or something, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, let's see. Yeah, y'all's turnaround times, looking at the stuff, but I, again, I get a lot of these questions, so I'm trying to cover everything that I've been asked. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's really any, anything you think. I have more on the agenda, but I'm trying to cover the simple questions to kind of lay the groundwork for everybody that's listening. So another thing that you all do that I was just really impressed with is you the amount of information you're collecting so like where the where the sample came from and then what drugs were positive uh and then like over time um because i remember you guys handed me maps of and i think it was michigan i can't remember what state it was maybe it's ohio actually and you were like able to track the amount of like positive tests i want to say it was xylazine i can't remember what drug it, yeah, was. it was xylazine. but you could say hey this is how many positive tests happened in this county on this date and I wanted to say like six months later, you handed me a map and then six months later, you handed me a map and you could literally see xylazine growing across the state. And those are the things as law enforcement that I want to see. I say I want to see that I need to see like, holy cow, this is coming in such a big wave. And we don't because cops, we don't really see it until it's already here and it's already a problem. Yeah. So I was just so impressed by 
the images and the stuff that you guys were collecting and could provide to people. Yeah. And I think that from their perspective, that I think that also speaks to the the concept of specialization. Like that is what they do. They run drug tests. Whereas you some have some of the, you know, state labs and things like that, that probably are um, running multiple types of samples and looking for multiple types of things. I don't know. I might be over speaking. I don't know. They're not specializing in drug panels. The fact that you all are allows you Again, this is a whole, you know, Lean Six Sigma concept, but like do what you do and do it well versus trying to be completely across the board and provide every service and not do any of it efficiently or well. And I think that's, I think you are, you're able to provide that data and you're able to show that visualization to <clears throat> those who need it because you specialize in those tests. <laughs> no, but so, I, I fully, I fully agree with you though, because yes, we, first of all, we just specialize in oral fluid. Like we're not trying to do everything under the sun testing wise. Mm -hmm. We know our niche, we know we're good at it. And we also have all this data. Like we've tested millions of samples over the years. Like we can do stuff with that data. Now I do say, I will say like I came from the government. We also had data and we did release that, but you know, you go through like your state entities to release that. So I'm sure that like the tox labs in Missouri have great data and release good information, but it's coming out like year end or quarterly. Yeah. And yeah. it's really hard to be on top of it. I mean, like you, you kept this here in law enforcement. Like we're always playing catch up mm -hmm. to the people who are distributing or doing the illegal activities. Yeah. You know, we're always playing catch up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Another question here uh, that the uh, SME provided here on the agenda. So talk about, um, I guess, from your point of view, like findings from the Green Lab and things that you've seen that maybe have been a surprise to you or maybe things that you said, oh, this is pretty consistent with what we thought was happening. Um, well, I'll, I'll answer it broadly because I, I imagine you're talking about THC specifically, sure, but sure. In, in, of all the different green labs we've done, I think we've done five now, maybe four. I can't remember. We've probably tested like, like 40 consumers. And I don't think on any of the reports we've released this, but I always just look for other things besides like, THC. I'll run it on some more expansive testing panels just to see what else might be on board that could be indicative of something from an SFST perspective or not. Maybe it's just there, you know, maybe it's just like a historical drug use. So I've seen two consumers who had cocaine on board um, or like just small amounts of it. I don't think we were, I'm not releasing that. Like I know, right. for example, in Maryland, like James, I just want to know about THC. Yeah, I don't yeah. want anything else. Like I'd rather be blind, like uh, what is like ignorance is bliss or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've seen some drugs like that, um, like some like harder drugs of abuse, a lot of mental health meds. You know, I think a lot of people I've talked to at the Green Lab to say like, you know, I was on mental health drugs and now I self-medicate. Like, like I've seen a lot of people with shirts or the mantra that cannabis is medicine. And, you know, I'm very libertarian when it comes to drug use. As long as you're not hurting somebody or putting people at risk, I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, if you smoke a joint, it has no bearing on my life, personally. Some people agree with that. Some people don't. That's just me. But if you're driving, I have a big problem with that. Sure. Like, you are putting people at risk. I, I'm very much in the camp of public safety and traffic safety. Um, but a lot of people believe that. A lot of people really think that, like, that is, it should be medicine. And we won't know that until it's, like, not federally scheduled and you can do research on it. Now, as far as the concentrations that we see in THC, it's all over the board. You know, you see people who are, I would say, experienced users. I think of Dr. Strange uh, uh, from one of your green labs. He was a pro. Like, he could have been hanging out with Snoop Dogg, probably. Like, yeah. he would have gotten along just fine. Oh, yeah. Um, his concentrations were off the charts as far as the concentrations we were seeing. Like he did like a, like a 95% vape and then hit followed up with like a hundred milligram edible. Like he was fine. But then in Connecticut, I saw guys, I would, I would call them 
I'll call them kids. They're probably, they're younger than me. They're like probably 21 and just, it was just legalized and they could smoke it. And their concentrations were so dramatically different. Right. And I'll, I'll say this name. I think most people in the DUI or cannabis world know who this is. Dr. Hustis, a very well-established and very well-known cannabis researcher and forensic toxicologist, someone I certainly admire. She's one of the forefront of all good cannabis research. She sort of talked about this concept of self-titrating when you're smoking cannabis. Because when you're, whenever you're smoking something, you're getting it into your bloodstream and acting on you so quickly that you can dose yourself. Like one hit of a cigarette, if I'm, I'm not a cigarette smoker, I'm going to feel that. But if I'm like my grandma who smoked two packs a day, she'll need to smoke two packs a day to feel something. So right. she self-titrates differently than I do. And people do that with cannabis. And there's research to show that. And I feel like we were seeing that at your green labs. When you tell them, use how you normally use at home when you're just chilling out, that 21-year-old's like, man, I just need one hit. I'm good. Yeah. Whereas Dr. Strange is like, I need to suck down this whole thing and then follow up with an edible, for example. <laughs> you know. And then I just love, I love the let the big dog eat. That is just my favorite analogy. That is great. <laughs> Um, you know, I think it also like, I think when people come to your green labs, like on one hand, I think they want to prove that, like, they want to try to prove something like, look, I'm not impaired, but then there's the novelty of getting absolutely baked in front of law enforcement. <laughs> with no repercussions. So I think, I think you do a good job with that. You know, it's, it's great. I think it's really fun to come see that just the community engagement aspect is fun. Does that answer your question? That was very long. And, no, and no, it did. It, it, it definitely did. And yeah, nothing but professional for me, Matt, all the time, 24 seven. Yep. Um, so I did have another, uh, study Dr. Strange and let the big dog eat. Yeah. Let, yeah. yeah, let, yeah. That sounds, yeah. That sounds like a, yeah, definitely a paper coming up for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, it, so here's a, a question. And if I get it once, I get it a thousand times that anytime I talk to anybody about the green labs and, uh, cause you, y'all provide us the, the, uh, all the data that you collect. And so I've, I've been graphing that and putting that, or Smee's done a lot of that, to be honest with you. Uh, but so now we can show, <clears throat> you know, what, let's just say Dr. Strange, when you guys collected uh, a normal fluid sample from him 30 minutes after consumption, well, we, we did field sobriety tests 30 minutes after consumption. So now we can say, okay, this is what he was with these uh, indicators or not indicators. So I just had one yesterday and uh, this guy, he, I look up to him, he's been researching and involved in the marijuana world probably before I was even born. Well, not probably before I was even born and retired law enforcement and he had asked well what's the range we're seeing and what that you're seeing in pyramid and if it's either that question or what's the number it starts at or what's the number it you're not going to see it so i don't have any question or answers for that and i don't even think we're close um what's your opinion or what would you answer um if somebody asked you that i guess God, well, that, that's the age old question. That's what everyone wants to know about cannabis. You know, first of all, everyone wants to compare it to alcohol, where we have yeah. this great established research. Like, oh, well, if I had five beers, what's that in joints? I'm like, well, I don't effing know. You know, it's <laughs> like, you tell me. But for, I mean, like, first of all, like, we as toxicologists, like, there's sort of this joke. I mean, there's toxicology. Uh, this could be such a nerdy joke. No one will get it except for me, maybe. But like, <laughs> there's pharmacology, like, pharmacologists who like research what do drugs do to people's bodies? And then there's toxicologists. And like, toxicologists are like pharmacologists who have no idea what the dose was like we weren't there when they smoked the joint we don't know how much they smoked we don't know what they had it with if they had it with anything or not so that's half the battle and then just thc as a drug is so unique in how it moves through the body and acts on the body like everyone talks about being like this fat loving drug it leaves your bloodstream so quickly in the context of oral fluid it's pretty good for that because it's leaving the bloodstream so quickly that if you're not getting a blood draw for two hours 
they might be negative or below your cutoff, but they're still impaired, you know? So oral fluid can be good for that if you're collecting very time, close to the time of the instant, which is ideally where you want to have toxicology. Like if Ryan is doing a field sobriety test on somebody at the road, and then you get a blood result or a blood draw two hours later, that that two hour difference, like are they still impaired two hours later? Or is that even gonna mirror what you're seeing? Right. So there's a lot of people who are trying to do good research on this. Dr. Hughes just being one of them, for example, she's had good research on this, but it's really hard to tell. You know, there's no correlation between like the concentrations. First of all, the concentrations change over time, which you see with impairment. So the short answer is I don't know. I think that someday someone else will figure it out. I think a big part of that is once I, I do think eventually, I mean, I don't know if I agree with it or not. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's probably not going to be good from a traffic safety perspective. I think at some point, it's not going to be federally scheduled and then you can do research on this like yeah. you would with any other drug, you know, and then you could probably start posing these questions, but like edibles are going to be the big. Oh, yeah. That thing. was, that's my thing is that I don't know anything about toxicology and I don't know anything about law enforcement, but I do know stuff about data. And just from a standpoint of the variabilities that you can have by the, the methods you can consume it, and the levels it can be consumed at and the way it breaks down in your body. Like there are way too many variables for, I would say, even in our life for them to have yeah. any kind of number. Um, just from a scientific study standpoint, it is going to take a lot of testing. Yeah. And yeah. I can understand how it's challenging too, because like, imagine like you just pull someone over. I mean, I don't know enough about this. I'm not an officer, but like if Snoop Dogg were driving and he didn't smoke for like two days, he would still test positive sure. in his oral fluid or blood or urine. Like, and he's not really impaired and you don't want people like that getting caught up in like getting a DUI because they hadn't used, but then you don't want to miss it when you have someone who's impaired. So it's, it's a whole Pandora's box. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you made up, you brought up a good point and I was like to talk about this. I think a lot of people think we're always just trying to hem people up. Oh, you know, we're just trying to get enough to arrest people. And that's not true. So for me, uh, and my personal view is, um, if you're impaired, yeah, I definitely want to arrest you. How and driving, of course, right? But however, we also want to uh, protect those who are not impaired and driving because you know the DWI statute, they would have to be doing that. So it's kind of a double edge. I don't want to say double edged sword, but we're we're trying to do two different things here. And I just think sometimes that cops, we get that bad rap of, oh, we're just trying to arrest people, arrest people, arrest people. And that's not right. You want to protect people who are, because in Missouri, it's a constitutional right. So, you know, I took the oath to uphold those rights and protect those rights. So I want to make sure that I'm doing that, but also protecting the citizens, you know, if somebody's uh, driving impaired. So I think that's just important to talk about. We talk about finding impairment, but also ruling that out too. Oh yeah. And also thank you for your service for doing that. I'm saluting you, Matt. <laughs> Yep. I'm not freedom impaired. That was yep. unimpaired. unimpaired. <laughs> I could see you saluting me, the audience yeah. at home can. <laughs> so I want to say thank you all for helping because I I mean I'm not kidding. Smee would probably agree with me or we probably wouldn't still be doing these without y'all's help. And just mainly because there's so much resistance to them. Like when we first started, um, we had gotten some um, uh, I guess I would say some verbal uh let's yeah. say that. Uh, basically like, Hey, we're going to help you out with this. And then basically mm -hmm. it, at the very end, it was like cut off. The funding was cut off. So we ended up putting like the first one on for free. And by, by when I say free, I mean like Smee and I paid for it out of our own pocket. So as far as a monetary thing, a lot of people think, Oh, you're probably making a lot of money. No, 
<laughs> yeah. Not at all. Yeah, that's We're... a consistent question. Yeah. I also love the question, like, oh, what's your guys' like business model for agreeing them? I'm like, who's yeah. involved? It just like it varies so much. Because... And you're asking me for a business model of bringing consumers in uh-huh. to consume drugs and uh-huh. then test them. I'm, I'm not sure there is a business <laughs> model for that. Yeah. And like insurance, you want to talk about hard to get? Mm-hmm. Explain yeah. that one, right? So yeah. that, that was tough, but. Um, so yeah, anyway, I like talking about there's, there's multiple things that we're trying to do here. So another question for you, um, is there anything that you would like to see done differently, whether it's in green labs or uh, roadside oral fluid collection that would help you all collect more data to get to the point of, um, I guess the, 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 in the direction that you're headed, is there something that we could do, or there's something that law enforcement could do to help you guys um, collect more information. I think the more information you provide, and this is just generally, this could be blood, this could be oral, politically, any matrix, the more information you can provide about, um, about the incident, I think the better for the toxicologists. Now, where I came from in DC, we were generally blinded to a lot of that information by design. You don't want to, I think it was like, it's called like, um, what do you call that? Like cognitive bias. Like if you have, if you're aware of like, oh, they smoke yeah. a joint, I better find THC in the sample. Like you, sure. you start biasing yeah. yourself inadvertently. But mm-hmm. I know that, for instance, in Missouri, like your toxicologists get all the DRE face sheets, which I think is awesome. Like me, I want to know as much information as I can. In the context of our stuff, like it's great if we know when you did that collection relative to the incident, when you got that relative to the blood draw, if we got the face sheet. And the more information, the better, especially when you're talking about can you apply that data? Like if you start getting all this data, what can you do with it? Can you apply that information to something broader, like DUI as a whole? or just um, anything about toxicology. But as far as what law enforcement's doing, I mean, like, I'm so far removed from that process as being in the lab that I don't even know if I know what to ask. I mean, you came and did a tour of our lab, for example, you have a better idea. I've never been on a ride along. That would probably help me learn more, you know? You should do a ride along. Yeah, let me see if I, we'll see if the company card flags a purchase down to Jeff City tonight. (laughs) You should convince your significant other that Missouri is a beautiful place to visit. Hey, oh my gosh, so the uh, the big annual toxicology conference is in St. Louis next year. Oh. Well, look at that. That's like probably six hours from you guys, but if I'm in Missouri, uh... it's a ballpark. It yeah, depends on where we're at. Yeah, it depends on where we're at. But uh, <laughs> a moving circus, a traveling circus. Yeah, if we're at our secondary location, it's only what hour and a half. Yeah. So yeah, hey, yeah, you should let us know those dates. Uh, that would be. Uh, I'll, I'll double check. Yeah. I'll double check when they are. So, yeah. but yeah, I'll let you know. But now, if we're ever in Missouri, I mean, I, I it's, it's it's a great state from what I've seen so far, and there's a lot more to explore. So, remember in the wood, neck of the woods, I'll let you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I got two more questions. Clearly, uh, both serious questions. Yeah, the way he's naturally otherwise. <laughs> okay, one of them is serious. Okay, all right. Uh, so what is the next move for oral fluid? Oral fluid. I just sounded totally like a redneck. Oral fluid. Yeah, we can't even blame. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even drinking. Holy cow! So, like, what's the next step for oral fluid moving forward? Like, um, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Good question. Yeah. Uh, federally, state level. See, oh, dang it. I knew he was good. So, how about from from y'all's standpoint? What would you like to see happen next with oral fluid collection and y'all's involvement in whether it's private industry or government? What's what's your next goal or what path are you guys headed towards? Well, I think we always like when we see other people besides us saying like we like other entities saying oral fluid should be established. So, I guess it was uh, about a year ago the National Transportation Safety Board. They're like a board that gives input to NHTSA. They're just a advisory board. They just give advice and they can say, we want to take this or not. NHTSA passes policy. 
But last year, they said every state that does not have a rural fluid in their impaired driving statute or impaired implied consent law should add it. Missouri's already covered, but they're basically trying to advise on different ways that you could expand traffic safety. Oral fluid from the toxicology side, you know, interlock, interignition locks, like stuff like that. Like there are all sorts of things that you can do to help traffic safety. So when that came out, of course, like that's for piping, change your laws, change your laws. Yeah. Um, it's also just like we got to like it's a boots on the ground type thing. You know, you got to kind of like convince people or educate people about the benefits of oral fluid. And then you kind of swarm the people at the top. You know, I feel like that's sort of what is happening in Missouri. Like we have people like you, Ryan, who are, I would not, you're not a grunt, you know, you're certainly someone who's worked your way up to a very, I would say a very honorable position within the, the Michigan, uh, within, huh, within the, the entity that there you, you go. Serve. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> smoke, smoke and mirrors. No one knows <laughs> yeah, what I'm going to say. That's right. That's um, right. But you know, you have clout and you have, you are, you are educating yourself. And if more people do that, then you can inform people at the top who make the decision and you know sometimes it just takes a little bravery from the top brass to make a decision yeah. i mean change is hard um you know oral fluid is used is is touted outside of dui work it's touted in the medical profession like a lot of what we're trying to do is convince people to like not use urine for like drug monitoring just oh, for monitoring patients yeah. for drugs you know so it's all sorts of stuff yeah. so um my boss has been doing this for like 20 years so she's been fighting that fight for like 20 years but it's becoming more established so it's just about being a being willing to educate yourselves on new things, like new things that can better inform your practices, but also help your job yeah. to some degree. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where we are. We're a little, I shouldn't say little, a lot behind is for us, we're like, Oh, oral fluids, this new uh, up and coming thing. But I mean, you guys have been testing oral fluid for how long now? Gosh, it would be like 17 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, and from I, a, from a, I mean, I, I have experience in healthcare, but I also have a, a experience in private industry too. And that is the form that they use for, uh, you know, impaired coworker screening is oral fluid. I, it's not, it's not y'all's company, but it is an oral fluid mm -hmm. screening process. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, I can, I think that I'm pretty, uh, involved in the DWI or DUI world. And I had never seen it until we went to, Philadelphia. So for DRE field certifications, they use uh, oral fluid collection. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, oh, look how hip they are. This is brand new stuff. And then I start talking to y'all. I'm like, oh, shoot, this has been around longer than I've been a cop. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the word. It just hasn't, for some reason, we're just resistant to it and just don't accept that it's there. And I just, I really can't figure out why, but Change um, is hard. And, you know, it's hard yeah. to, again, it's like hard to turn an aircraft carrier overnight. Like government entities are like aircraft carriers and they also have the anchor down and they also have a hole in the aircraft carrier and they're understaffed at the air carrier. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's, they got a lot of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, remember, we're always 50% on fire. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. And oh, then hey. Ryan's like, there's a fire over here. There's yeah. a fire over here. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So I guess I'll, uh, one more serious question that I want to ask you, Kaboot. Uh, oh, two serious questions. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Two serious in a row. I'm, I'm nailing this. I'm I, I am being super professional for yeah. you, Matt. I can't guarantee the next time we do this that when I'm six whiskeys deep, it'll be professional. But right now, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, so talk about, if you don't mind, your uh, switch from government work to private industry work. And do you have uh, pros and cons to that switch? Yeah, of course. Well, I, I loved working where I worked in the government. I love my bosses. I love my coworkers. I loved being part of a really um, energized and engaged team. We were a small unit. You know, there was a lot of bureaucracy that existed around us, but I think our, our management did a good job shielding us from that. Um, but, you know, it was just a different, I mean, it's all, it was also like one of my first jobs, you know, it's like, I think your first job, you're kind of blinded to a lot of the working world. 
Um, I loved that we were well funded. I loved the instrumentation, all the experience I got. And then I also realized there's a time where I need to go and spread my wings. Like when you're in the government, you're very stratified. Like there are people above you. And if, as long as they're above you, like they've been there a month longer than you, they're always ahead of you. You know, that's a really hard thing to break, even if like, you know, I'm, not, I'm just speaking generally here. If you are a harder worker, produce better, or that person is kicking back, they're still ahead of you in the pay scale. They're still ahead of you in the promotion rank. It's a lot of, it's, it, it can be, that can be very disenchanting. So I came to private mainly because I was I'm getting my PhD and my family's here. So, and we have a, we have a family that we're growing. So that's a big part of it, but private, we're nimble. Uh, they're committed to advancing the science very quickly. Uh, they're willing to invest money to try something out. Like Green Labs is a good example of something that they're investing in. Um, it's also great. I mean, I still have great coworkers. I think, I also think like <laughs> there's this old expression, like, uh, if you meet a jerk once a month, you've met a jerk, but if you meet a jerk every day, you're the jerk. Um, it's one of those things, like if, if you're a nice person, I think you're going to have nice coworkers. And I, that's how I kind of carry myself. So I've never had a problem with any of my coworkers. That's never been the issue. Um, things get done quickly here. Um, there's also just the, but the government had great benefits, you know, very secure job, great benefits as far as like the longevity, the more you're there, the better you're served. Um, there's also just like, you're it was a very public health. I was, it was a very public health focused entity here in private. We have a very public, public health focus as well, but in a different way you know, serving private clientele and stuff. So I would say they're both great. I mean, I think a lot of people bash government because of it's like, you know, it's slow and it's government grade work or, you know, there's all those little stereotypes about it. But I think we, even though, and you, you too, Ryan, you come from government and you bash it as well. Like we, we both enjoy bashing government. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, it's a, <laughs> I think it's in very, it's very important work. It's very noble work and it's challenging because of all the bureaucracy and you yeah. push through. So I, I really respect people who have whole careers in the government. You know, um, so I don't have I don't have a special place in my heart. I don't think I'm going back, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of summed that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, Samia, I saw you writing down something. Do you have? Oh, no. Uh-uh. OK, just I wrote down that I needed to find the dates for the text toxicology conference in St. Louis. She, OK, so I want you to know she's got like legit notes. Here's what I've been writing down. You ready for the like the, uh, the some of the final questions mm-hmm. before final thoughts? All right, here we go. In your opinion, what's the greatest band of all time? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Greatest band of all time? What's the cutoff? Oh, gosh. See, like, I am like a... <laughs> he was prepared got, for every other question. Yeah, I know. That's oh, why, that, my that's, gosh. That's why I wrote these. I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm done with the... I'm going to get hate mail. Stuff. No matter what I say, I'm going to get hate mail. Yeah, of course oh, you are. Gosh, so let's see and here. If you guys need his address, let me know. I'll get that to you. <laughs> well, for me personally, if you, I'll just go off, like, what is probably the top most listened to band in my playlist and this will become surprising because i don't smoke pot uh but dave matthews band like dave matthews band like lives rent free in my ears uh all the time <laughs> so that's it's a top one then like there's billy joel because i got some new york new york blood and then lincoln park you know that's for those angsty teen years yes there's hold a so. hold a hold a flame in your heart hey do you listen to nickelback oh gosh no i don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a paperback novel type guy. <laughs> that, that was one of my questions. Do you listen to Nickelback? That was literally written on this page. <laughs> so okay. I'm, I'm All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Matt. Hang <laughs> <up>. <laughs> All right. I got, what is this? Three more. Uh, okay. Uh, where's my next one? Dog or cat? Dog. Beer or whiskey? Lately, whiskey. Okay. But rye, rye whiskey. Okay. Rye. Does that change with the season? 
No, I would just say lately rye whiskey. Cause let's just like, if I have beer, I get a little, you know, one leads the two and then you're like, crap. I didn't like, it just like, yeah. one, why can't I have one whiskey and be good? Yeah. Next thing you know, one leads to two, three leads to you dancing naked in the street. Cops get called that type of thing. That, oh, that's gosh, all, that's it's like, that's what we're all talking about, right? Yeah, that's exactly everybody's experience. Yeah. With Brian's arresting himself for public indecency. <laughs> like as, I want to make sure everybody has the same experience as me. On as, beer. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what it feels like more of a tequila vibe. Well, whiskey drunk. You, you've seen me whiskey drunk. Yeah. Well, people heard me whiskey Beers drunk. are just easy to put away. Yeah. You know, they're just easier to put them away. Yeah, you. it's like July, and you start throwing ice-cold brewskis at me. It's done. Well, well, are you like a classy beer guy? Like, are you like a like? I mean, because I like I'm like Natty Light and PBR all day. Like that's how I choose. <laughs> I never uh, left college. <laughs> I mean, classy? No, I'm a Michelob guy. Uh, He's a light beer. Uh, okay, Mickey. Yeah, yeah Mickey's are good. Mickey's yeah. Good. Uh, then uh, what's what's what we've been drinking lately? The flight. The Yingling. Yingling flight. I don't know if you ever had. Those. Oh yes, yeah. Because mm. where I grew up, I'm only an hour away from Yingling, so yeah. there's always a dollar on draft where I grew up. So. Oh, oh wow. Nice. We should go visit Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. I need That's to find you. Yeah. <laughs> Appalachia. Uh, do, you, do you have a whiskey that you like? <laughs> you know, I don't drink enough. I mean, like I still have like a, a bullet rye that okay. I just probably taking me a few months to get through but no I have no particular favorite hey. I don't describe I try everything new wherever I am so. okay well if you need help finishing that we can send Bird up there yeah. he's probably <laughs> about 30 minutes. I, he doesn't travel so I'll just mail it <laughs> all right last one this is a this is a very deep question if you could have one superpower what would it be and why so anything fly. in the world fly oh no hold on hold on hold on Maybe teleport, but flying would be so fun because who doesn't want to fly? That just seems amazing. But teleport because, man, I can't like I hate commuting. It was great in D.C. I lived a mile from work. I could walk. But here I have to drive 20 minutes and I hate it. So I would just teleport to work back and forth. You know, Okay, so I would have so, been there for this podcast. I would have been there. There for you go. Podcast. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I like I, he's using teleportation to like go to work. I uh -huh. would use teleportation not to ever work again. Yeah, I would use it to like go inside of a volcano right before it explodes. Oh yeah, I would back, do all the. You, know? you would kill yourself. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, to the edge of it before it explodes, like right, like, like as it explodes. Oh, yeah. oh you mean from the experience? I yeah, I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, or just like right at the edge, and then I would get out of there. Right, I can teleport anywhere. I would teleport into like risky situations, but it wouldn't be risky because I get out quick. Bye. You're kind you of like a voyeur. What? Probably like a voyeur, like you just like want to get really close to the action, but not be seen. Yeah, yeah, that's bit. yeah, that's what she is. But she not stirs the pot from the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I teleported, I would probably use it to like slap people. <laughs> so like, but like it would have to be really quick, right? So you teleport to a location, slap them, and teleport out, and they're like, they have no idea what happened. But you're there and gone. It would be so, so. Go ahead. No, I'm just thinking because at what point is teleportation different than like running super fast, like the Flash? Like he runs so fast that he's yeah. like from point A to point B. Like I wonder at what point they become distinct. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so as long as I could <laughs> slap people and then like them never know it was me. I mean, can you imagine you're just sitting there having this conversation and I get I got a red mark across my face and I'm like, what? Oh, the God. Heck no, right. If you like, Ryan, you have like titanium buoys as arms. If you slap somebody, they would die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine that feeling? Oh, my God. So I would, because it would be the same thing in like a volcano for me, but like into like really high security situations and like teleport in, teleport right back out. And then can you imagine the like, they're like, what just happened? She was here for a second. Now she's gone. Yeah. And like just completely completely throw everybody for a loop yeah. just put massive like people like what just happened because hmm. i'd want to be unknown you'd so be a you, great cia agent so yeah you see yeah 
So you would want to be unknown? Yeah, I wouldn't want people to know. Well, yeah, I'm going to be in and out quickly, but I'm going to wreck their world like for the five seconds that I'm there. Good Lord, I'm just talking about slapping people. I feel like you're... you're I'm not going to blow anything up. I'm just going to like unnerve people with my presence. <laughs> you two have a perspective I've never considered before. So now <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will keep this in consideration whenever you post this question again. Yeah, so right now he's he's got a Rolodex of who he would slap. He's like, well, I think I would actually slap some people. It's yeah, just like going... High level security situations yeah. he'd, he'd yeah. Uh, mess up. <laughs> <laughs> for, a, for a hot second yeah yeah sorry this went off the rails yeah and bird's not even here nor is there whiskey involved yeah i don't know we just had different perspectives on that all right so i say we, we <laughs> move to the uh final final uh the final final thought final bit final segment of mm -hmm. final thoughts yes i'll get that right one of these yeah, days Yeah, i think you nail it every time so here's here's what i say we do i'm gonna i said we'd let ladies go first uh i'll go next we'll give matt the final word the final, on final, final thoughts final. and then we'll uh we'll close it out does that work sound good for you matt that works that works for me all right Smee. let's hear it what's up other than you teleporting into super secret locations does that how does that not sound that's cool? weird what? Why? Everybody know. wants to know what's going on. I'm just slapping people. That's but all. doesn't I doesn't want to be caught? Okay, criminal. Let's okay. Your um. So no, I think it was a good conversation. I could talk to Matt all day because, like I said, in the very well executed intro that I gave him, <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are uh, data nerds at heart. Um. And so I, I, we could talk about whatever. I might not be able to keep up from a toxicology standpoint, but. We could nerd Excel out about other stuff. Yeah, down. just data in general. We could just go just really, we could we could have done, we actually should have just dis, like dismissed you and yeah. just gone completely nerd and yeah. see how the cops like it. You know what? They might, they might turn it right off or they might listen the whole time. Mm -hmm. But I, I enjoy talking about and he, I would say he's become a good friend yeah, through sure. this, this venture of business that we've started yeah. with the Green Labs and Extracted and um, I hope that we are able to continue to not only work together, but, you know, just hang out and chill. Have some drinks, teleport, slap people. Yeah. That kind of stuff. You know, that, that's where I would say cheers to that and toast if we were yes. in person. But, yes. Yeah. I like that. All of that above. Yes. Next time we will be, we will yeah. make a special trip. No, I think when we did go to Michigan, it was beautiful. I would road trip there. I, I would make another venture just for, uh, leisure. Yeah. But. Yeah, that was I. I enjoy talking and learning from him um, from the toxicology world. I think, I think he knows a lot, and I, yeah. I would love to learn all about it. But I, I don't have that credential. So. <laughs> I would love to, but so I just have to take a lot of notes. He's a very personal guy. I've seen him hang in some situations. I was not sure. Yeah, it would go, i.e., at cop conferences. Just... Yeah, oh, that was fun. I just felt bad because I didn't want to take that. The, the professor's very nice, uh, tequila. So, yeah. Kayla handed me a white claw, and I yeah. was like, Oh, this guy, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't typically do this. Of course, this, of course, this guy's drinking white claw. You know, that was like what was being whispered behind. Look at this. Well, guy you know, they say claws. there's no laws when you're that, drinking claws. That's right, that's right. <laughs> the professor was gladly giving you his tequila. That dude is awesome yeah so yeah, that was, he was a very nice guy that was a fun time and like i said he he just continues i don't want to say it continues to surprise me but he's very adaptable so. and knowledgeable and just a cool dude yeah I like him thank like, you, i like you matt you. yeah you're welcome watch that don't do anything wrong though she'll teleport there and yeah i don't know what she's gonna <laughs> do but gonna do. <laughs> she might uh, smack me in that case yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me i i uh probably not a uh friendship that i saw developing originally you know what i'm saying like because a lot of times cops uh toxicologists we're just two separate 
people that usually think in different ways. So for me, when I you say continue to surprise, I am uh, not only surprised, but I feel extremely blessed that we do have this relationship and we can text and 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 talk about things. And I'm not quite the Excel sheet guy. And I remember one time, Matt, you had asked for something and I put like an Excel sheet together. And I'm sure you would you would verify this. It was less than ideal. <laughs> and you had asked for something else. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this because I gave you like 20% of the information that you were looking for. I thought I did great. <laughs> uh, he said he wanted to do it on his own. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I said, I'm going to do, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to take this one. That was a, a really it's stupid all about thing. Learning, right? Yeah, that was stupid for me to do. I learned. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate the relationship and I appreciate the friendship. And, and again, not only professionally, but on a personal level. I think it's been great and uh, we're very small, but uh, we're always happy to help any way we can. And we, I can't say how much we appreciate y'all's assistance because I don't think a lot of people know you all do this. And I, I guess I could say it, the testing and stuff you guys are doing for free. And uh, hopefully that's okay to say, um, or, you know, and that is just huge because we wouldn't be able to get these, this data and stuff without y'all. And not only do you guys do that, you have. Uh, yeah, as previously mentioned, these are not necessarily lucrative ventures at this point. Yeah, moment, they're not so, lucrative. So, yeah. you know, you guys have sponsored uh, cops to, I guess that your organization has sponsored cops to attend these um, classes. And without that, they would not have been able to attend. So speaking on their behalf, I know you guys get to talk to them sometimes, but talking to them afterwards, they are extremely grateful. So for that, I am extremely grateful that you guys take care of these guys and gals that are wanting to advance their uh, training on uh, impaired driving detection. So extremely grateful for that. I appreciate you joining us and I'll give you the last word. Yeah, well, thank you both. I'll try and address both of what you said individually. So SME, obviously, you know a lot. You've taught me a lot too, especially the awesome data analytics you have. So it's like we sort of said earlier, everyone has their specialties and focus on your strengths. So um, you taught me stuff too. So thank you. I'm glad, glad that we have this partnership as a collective. Um, I also agree with you, Ryan. Yes, I feel like you've both become friends on top of this. You know, I think every time you go to conferences and you're handing out business cards, you're like, yeah, wheeling and dealing, like business opportunity. But, you know, I mean, like I, I'm also very passionate about the work that you both do. I think there needs to be more harmony um, in the traffic safety initiative. You know, yeah. always, it takes a whole team and, and anything you do, you need to have a good team of collaborators and people you want to work with, but it helps when they're people that you trust and you call friends. So I, I share that sentiment. Um, I'm also just a vehicle for where I work. You know, I wasn't the person who said, let's do this. I was the one who had the idea and they supported it. So I am very appreciative for that support. But I'm very appreciative they are also supporting you too. I think it comes from this place of, you know, this was a small like a small business that started up from the ground and had a really like, difficult time. And you two are in a similar position. Like you're packing about something you're putting in the work. So I think they see that and they respect that and they want to be there for that as well. Um, I'll just end with a story about why I couldn't be in person. I don't think I told you the details. So when you two are up in Michigan, I was very much looking forward to coming to have dinner with you and Dave and then do the podcast. Um, but I was sick that morning. My son had gotten me sick. And then like an hour before dinner, I was like, I had to leave work because my daughter, my wife and I are expecting another. So we're going to a daycare to go inspect the daycare. And I'm like, man, something I ate at lunch isn't sitting too good. So like, we're like in this daycare. There's like little kids running around. Everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like sweating. I'm like, something's going on. Like, where's the bathroom? And they're like, oh, it's right there. My wife is like, you got? I'm like, great. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's like surrounded by the administrative offices. Like, like the principal's here. The other people here. I'm like, can't do anything in here. So I sit there for like 10 minutes trying to figure out what I'm going to do. The lights have gone off again. Um, 
So I'm like, okay. So I go back in. They're like, you go. I'm like, actually, I need to step out. And then I just go vomit behind a dumpster <laughs> with like parents picking up their kids, just walking by, looking at me. I'm like, I can't go to dinner. So I, I apologize. I couldn't do that. I wish I could say it was something more glamorous. Uh, but I'll have a glass of whiskey tonight to commemorate. So oh, I was I was waiting for the end of that story. I, I thought, thought he was going to pants. Me. I'm like, is he going to? No, no, oh my gosh, no! <laughs> I didn't even ask him, and he's gonna do it. Oh! No, and then it was an avocado and hash browns. Moment. No, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the case. But no, like that's what everyone thought, though, which is arguably worse. Yeah. Like I'm glad I vomited behind a dumpster, yes. but everyone thought yeah. I took a 10 minute shit. Pardon my French. <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, so all the parents picked up their kids I'm like why is this homeless man who's dressed yeah, that, vomiting uh, behind a dumpster yeah that's what i was gonna say you know there's like parents uh touring they're like oh wow this is a really nice daycare and they walk out and yeah you just some bum is just yakking behind this dumpster <laughs> ruins everything probably cost them business you know what i mean like yeah. that's how i picture it yeah. going down uh -huh. and then i got someone teleported to me and slapped me i don't know yeah. what so many things happened all at once. Oh, I love that story. That's no, classic. that's all I have to say. So I guess I'm just like, play me off, Johnny. And then the piano kicks in and then I'm done. Play me off, Johnny. All right. Hey, I always ask this uh, last question because um, I like to put people on the spot. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do it again? Oh, the podcast or vomit yeah. in the daycare? Like, <laughs> probably not. You better go vomit in that daycare. daycare. <laughs> yeah, uh, we won't be going to that school. I would absolutely do it again. I would like 100%. to say I would do it in per I would try to do it in person personally. So. Yeah, no, yes. we're, I think we're going to make that work. I'm looking at me. Yeah. And we, yeah, we'll make that work. I don't uh, don't know how. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Follow up on the details. We need a vacation. Yeah. We need to Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Don't do it in the winter. Don't do it. Yeah. Let me know when you guys will be here oh, yeah. in St. Louis. And then you let me know when's an appropriate vacation yeah. time to go down to the balmy Midwestern central state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. We should invite them, you know, down here, right? Full of May, real tornado season yeah. really experience. <laughs> yeah. Use your rental car. Maybe you have to take shelter multiple times. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a good time. Yeah. Southern Midwestern vibe. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. It's a good time. All right, Matt, thank you. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your time. I know you're, uh, um, you know, missing time with the family. So I really appreciate that. And looking forward to no, okay. uh, looking forward to our next meeting and to the next time we uh, have a potty. If you need anything in the meantime, again, let us know. We'll be happy to help out anyway. Oh, I know. I'll, I know I have to bug you later about Missouri stuff on behalf of Josh. So I'll text you later this week, but I'll Easy. also text you about the IDTS abstract stuff. I'll text you ah, about that. Yes. So, oh, that was yeah. also an agenda item, but I just thought we were uh, free, free balling at this point. <laughs> what the? I'm not sure you're supposed to say that. Dang, <laughs> gee, sorry, he was trying to be wrong. How am I the only, how am I the most professional one I'm on sorry, this I didn't one. get the memo. That wow. was also, is free balling like where you drop, draw the line, Ryan? I mean, we said a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, wait a second. But mine's all offline, and I'm I'm whiskey drunk at the time. But yeah, yeah, y'all are just immature. Y'all are immature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Matt, hit me up anytime, man. Uh, answer any question that I can. Okay. Perfect. Well, right. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Uh, stay well and stay safe, and we'll be in touch. Sounds good, all brother. Right. You as well. Have a good evening. All right. See ya. Bye bye. Bye.